Hi, Gregory. Hi, Thomas. How are you? You were asking people, what is your opinion of the actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A. Don't be looking at her too hard now. This is a very different and weird question. Oh my God. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage Fight. And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Hello. What 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 are you doing here? Are you have you come to listen to uh, Cage Fight? Well, you're in the right place because this is Cage Fight, and you know what that means. That means Gregory Aikman, also known as me speaking right now, is here. But I'm I'm not alone. Never alone. Hate being alone. Being alone makes me afraid. Thankfully, as I'm not alone, I am with who? What? Yeah. No need to fear. Thomas Beeman is here. Boom. How are you, Thomas? I'm grand. How are you? I am grand as well. I am grand isle, if you will. Uh what mm. what have you been up to? I haven't I haven't seen you in real for quite a while well, a few days or a couple of weeks or so. I don't know. It's been a minute or two, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um I uh this is the first weekend where I haven't had to work on my house. So awesome. I've been just playing video games. Cool. Oh, yeah, because... Um, they went on like this. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you play the new Sith? For some time. What do we do here on well, Cage Fight? What do, this is what we do. When we're not speaking on topics irrelevant to the podcast, mm. we are actually talking about two particular topics, two Nicolas Cage movies, of which me and Greg watch separately yeah. on our own, in order to bring these to the attention of the other and see which Nicolas Cage movie is the cagiest of the films. This is very, very true. And I believe we're the only people who do it with the... We're the only people who do it and are accompanied by some of the best Nicolas Cage-based artwork on the planet, I <sighs> Yeah, uh, by far, yeah. But If we have anything, we have Lunchbox's art. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Like, could you convince Lunchbox to get into animation? Because imagine this. This is my idea for mm. it, which essentially is going, Hey, Lunchbox, do you want to do a fuckload of work for free? Imagine this. Every episode is an animated thing. So, and he does all the animation. <laughs> of, uh, of us chatting. Jesus Christ. And then whenever we're discussing things, it like the background's changing and sort of acting out the stuff we're talking about. Imagine how cool that would be. Hey, everyone listening, if you like the sound of that, give us enough money so we could actually pay Lunchbox to, like, so... Yeah, so please. if we ask him to do that, we're not just being incredibly rude by going Any, like... I just want to let everyone to know, if you've been listening up until this point, if this ever makes a single dime... Mm. I will. Most of it will go towards Lunchbox. One hundred percent. If I can manage it. One hundred percent. If we ever make money off this, we already owe Lunchbox so much. We're deep in Lunchbox debt. Yeah, we are deep inside Lunchbox. Yeah. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what are the movies we're doing this uh, fortnight, this week, this episode? Yeah. Other than Lunchbox, we're also so incredibly deep into Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And. In these two particular films, Gone in 60 Seconds and, oh god, you just told me and I already forgot. Grand, Grand Isle. Isle. Grand Isle, Gone in 60 Seconds are the two movies we've watched this week. Spoiler I alert, Gone in 60 Seconds wins. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, I love to hear it. Yeah, so I that is very intriguing because I've never heard of Gone in 60 Seconds. I've never seen the... Uh, I, well, I've heard of Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. I never watched the film. 
Um, but I especially had never heard of Grand Isle or watched the film. So could you tell me about it? Let's open with Grand Isle. So this movie is set in 1988, which is one year before Pretty Hate Machine was released, which, of course, was essentially the first album in all of music. So th- that's our setting. And I wonder, in this film, this film would be solved so quickly if people had mobile phones. So I wonder whether films like this are intentionally set to get rid of that little problem. Because a lot of yeah. problems, particularly if it's like full of secrets and deceit and running around and finding people like this was dealt with wonderfully in uh the john cusack film the ice harvest really fun silly uh whodunit and like hardboard detective type thing but it's set in a world where mobile phones exist so in order to give john cusack a reason to have to run from venue to venue to venue to find people and just miss people and that one of the first scenes, he slips on some ice, his phone falls out of his pocket and breaks, which is a wonderful way to get around that. So I'm like, okay, that's why he's not just calling all of his mates. But anyway, 1988, no phone, set in Louisiana. This is a simple film. I wouldn't say it's unenjoyable. It just seems this is one of those many films that I think could be marvellous, but it's just meh, it's all right. It's in 2020, uh, so we've got some great Cage acting. Oh, this is recent Cage. Yeah, this is recent okay. Cage. but During Pandemic Cage. Pandemic Cage, and it shows, right? It's in Louisiana, and to make sure that it's in Louisiana, Cage does a great Louisianian Oh, he's doing this again, like from uh, The Runner. Okay, And also, the names tell you where you are. Like, the characters are Walter, Buddy, and Fancy are our three main characters. Which are Cage's Walter, his wife is called Fancy, and uh, Buddy is the name of the burglar younger man. But Mm. here's the basic plot. It opens with Buddy in a jail being interviewed by Kelsey Grammer from off of Fraser. Uh, Just going like, why'd you kill him? What did you do? And he's like, I'm innocent, man. I'm innocent. Okay, then tell us what happened. Boom. Now we get to the story. So immediately we've got... Oh, so he's kind of... This is a narration from the future. And we've got an unreliable narrator, which is one of my favorite things in all of sort of stories where the books are pretty sick. I love it. So the story is Buddy, his wife, and his newborn baby, they're poor. They need some work. He's fresh out of the Navy... And he just wants to do whatever he can. In the past, he's done a bit of burglary just because, you know, he does this occasionally. It's what people do when they Everybody struggle. does a little bit of burglary sometimes. Some yeah. light crime. But he meets Walter, Nicholas Cage, who's like, hey, you can do an odd job for me. You can fix my fence. And if you do it in one day, you get $250. If it takes you longer than a day, you're just going to get 100 So he's like, yeah, sweet. My ass is on the floor. I need the money. I'll do it. A hurricane is going to happen later on this day. So he's working really quickly. Meanwhile, Nicholas Cage and his wife seem not to be getting along. Like, she's going, it's our anniversary. Look at me in sexy lingerie. Ooh, ba-ba-ba, look at me doing a dance. And Cage is like, I just want a drink. I don't give a shit about how hot you are. Oh, my God, the love isn't there. I'm an ex-Marine and I'm hard-boiled. Okay, boom. All that's going on. Unhappy marriage. Sexy young worker handyman outside. The wife goes out, goes mm. like, hey, look at my body. Would you like to fuck? 
me. And he's like, I can't. I'm married. I've got a child. Okay. Cage sees, gets angry, starts shooting his gun at bottles next to the man fixing the fence. Storm comes, the man ends, and the man's car doesn't work. He ends up having to stay the night with Cage and his wife. Now we get an awkward dinner scene where there's sexual tension. There's the element of threat right there all the time but the three of them just trying to get through this whilst this is happening the radio's on occasionally you hear stories about teenagers still missing can't find him wonder if that'll come back this is about halfway through the film all of this has already happened it's a slow slow burn oh wow but about so i've sat through 50 minutes of all you're showing me is these three characters what they're doing you could do it in 10 minutes to be honest by this stage i'm bored halfway through by this stage, Cage's character is very drunk, and he pulls Buddy to one side. He's like, hey, I'll tell you what. I'll give you $20,000 if you murder my wife. Okay? <gasps> and But don't feel bad, because I've got this cyanide on a rag. Boom, she'll die. It'll be pretty much painless, and she's got blood cancer. So in a couple of months, she's going to be in agony. We won't be able to get it fixed, but she will be in agony while she slowly dies. So, He's got 20 grand to give someone to murder his wife, but he can't help her blood cancer. This is what he says. And Buddy's so sort of like stressed out because uh, by this stage, a hurricane's going on outside. So yeah. everyone's highly stressed and they're stuck in this one place together. And he's like, oh my God. God, this is really weird, but I need the money. And you just said she's going to die horribly, slowly, and painfully. So it's it's not that big a moral jump. Like, I can justify it. So he sneaks into the bathroom to kill her. She's naked in the bath and goes, I tell you what, instead of killing me, would you like to fuck? So they fuck, right? Uh, Buddy and Fancy, the wife, they have sex. And then she's like, what were you going to do? What's this cyanide? Ah, oh, your husband said that I should kill you. And she's like, oh, right, well, let's have sex and again, and then we'll get dressed. Then we'll have it out with the husband. The three of them come together, and she's like, I haven't got blood cancer. What's he talking about? And he's like, yeah, I just wanted you to kill her. And then it's like, oh, no, what's happening? Big fight goes on. In the dark, I could hardly see anything, because, to be honest, I hadn't drawn curtains. I probably should have, so that's on me, film. I'm sorry. They're having a big fight. Everyone's punching. Guns are being pulled. No one's actually getting injured or anything. But then it turns out that the that Buddy, that Buddy is a victim, and Fancy and Walter are, like, just trying to play him. And they're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. We have been working together to screw you. Why don't you look in the basement? He looks in the basement. What's in the basement? The teenagers that um, mm. have been kidnapped, obviously. I thought you were going to say the hurricane. The, the hurricane has been hiding in the basement. And he goes, <laughs> boo, win. Um, hurricane was in on it this whole time. And then they beat up uh, Buddy. Buddy wakes up in his van like away from the house with the dead teenager in it and then we cut back to the police cell it's like so you're telling me you didn't kill the teenager that was found oh i see they wanted to wait they wanted to frame him for the murder of the teenager that they took yeah but along the way why not have my wife fuck him twice yeah crazy i mean it doesn't make full sense but I think the implication is just they've gone a they've they've gone a bit mad. I think the implication is isn't that um, they've got some sort of uh, weird sexual dynamic which includes getting unsuspecting people to have sex with his wife. I don't think there's a you don't think there's a cucking situation I going don't, on here. It doesn't get. It, I suspect if it was a cucking situation, they would have lent on that heavier than they do because the sex like there isn't a sex scene there's a there's a smooching 
cut to them both naked with a towel over them waking up going what mm, happened okay. yeah so um if there was a cucking sexual element to the film i think they would have lent on that at least a little bit whereas it seems incidental rather than anything else just to go look how weird these people are and how confused they make everyone yeah. But yeah, so the police are like, oh my god, everything you're saying doesn't make sense. You're definitely going to get the death sentence. And then one of the other policemen says, hang on, a bit of information he told us lines up with this other missing person. Let's get a search warrant. They go over, search the house, find other teenagers that are locked in there. The wife gets sent to a mental hospital. Cage runs away and gets away. Then we get the end of the film. Cage turns up with um, Buddy's wife and child and goes, like, I've kidnapped them. And you're going to tell me, like, there must be some secret here, some reason that I hate you so much, Buddy. And Buddy's like, okay, I was in the Navy and my friend was injured and I ran away. So, ah, so you're a coward. And then the police are like, hey, everyone, chill out. Walter, leave everyone alone. And then Walter just pulls out two guns and gets shot to death by the police at the end, right? So what? the film is doing loads of things but it's almost mm -hmm. like it's trying to make a point, but it f keeps forgetting to make that point. Because hinted throughout the film is that Cage was in Vietnam and, and society and the government treated him badly. Like, we need you to kill for us and to die for us and to suffer for us. But when you get back, we won't give a fuck about you. Which is a valid point and a point which is probably quite interesting to discuss in film. Whereas it mentions it about four times for about half a minute each time. And then at the end, over the credits, it's like, this is dedicated, and thank you to all of our brave troops. And it's like, oh, so was the troops what? not being looked after by society? Was that a big point of the film? Because you, you met, it, it felt like you'd written a shit film and you were trying to imbue meaning somehow after the fact. That's the film. Like, there's, I ran through it because there's a lot going on. Why is it and called Grand Isle? Oh, so, uh, yeah, the setting is a place called Grand Isle, which... Oh, that's stupid. That doesn't come out till the last, like, ten minutes when Kelsey Grammer's going, like, when the guy's going, I need a phone call. You need a phone call? We're not in a fancy place like New York. This is Grand Isle. And I was like, oh, right, I see. Right, well, okay. so they forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Grand Isle is just... I don't know whether that's a... Chances are that's a real place, so people who are familiar with yeah, Louisiana no. will go like, oh, I know the sort of people who live there. Yep, got it, got it. I ass I can only assume that. But yeah. So, like, what was, what was Cage like in this film? Cage was occasionally brilliant, often lazy. His mm. character was a drunk and ex-military and weird. So he was getting to do Cage stuff uh like one of the first lines you hear is, is like sure as hell pick, picked the wrong house boy so he's able to do all that stuff and he's like wandering about the place he's put on what? a bit of weight for the film and like <clears throat> he's padding around like a grumpy bear most of the time with long straggled thinning hair i mean cage does a good job <laughs> interesting he does a good cage what do you think about his accent his accent, I don't know anyone from Louisiana, so I think, mm. yeah, that's that sound that that checks out to me. It sounds <laughs> like how I imagine a Louisiana accent to sound, but it yeah. could be anyone who's actually from Louisiana, it could be deeply offensive, <laughs> sure, yeah, or, or not even offensive, just deeply inaccurate. It, it's like if you hear loads of people doing a British accent, I imagine shitter accents would sound good to you than they would to me because mm. you didn't 
grow up exclusively around those accents. So, you know, like, Cage does all right. Like, it's enjoyable watching him, but and there's a sense of threat throughout every moment of the film, but it just seems a bit boring. Like, it, it doesn't... It doesn't do enough. It yeah. hints that it's this really exciting film, but it's just, it's an hour and a half, which is Yeah, I, like, I kind of wish that it he framed them instead. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would have been a much more... It would have been... Uh, it an interesting ending, other than, like, he was telling the truth the whole time. Yeah, that, that was bizarre. I don't think they made enough of the fact that the narrative was supposed to be like all in flashback they didn't really they just set it up with the whole yeah. sort of like here's what happened and then it's just a film it was it, it was like a crutch of the film to yeah, introduce the plot it, it didn't it jumped back and forth a couple of times but i would have preferred if it was much more um uh usual suspects because you know how that's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that does that sort of narrative wonderfully like ignore the fact that in usual Absolutely. suspects there's all of the lying as well which is incredible they could have done so much more subterfuge and stuff like that they could have had so much yeah. fun with it but then as with most films i watch think it would have been a better play imagine this is a two-act stage show it would have been magnificent mm. like you can yeah strip it down in that but but yeah grand isle i i would be perfectly content if i never watch it again but if i was forced to watch it again or if if my wife said oh actually i've heard good things about it i'm not going to listen to your opinion i want to watch it myself would you watch it with me i'd go yeah right and i might enjoy it it wasn't it was boring but it wasn't unenjoyable like i sat there's Mm. been films that we've sat through where i've paused it over and over and i've got up to do this that the other whereas this film it held my attention I just kind of resented it for holding my attention. Yeah. But I'm hoping Gone in 60 Seconds will be slightly more exciting. What's that like? I remember the hubbub about this movie, Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm. I remember the trailers and people talking about it. And at the time, it seemed like a really big deal. You know, you got Nicolas Cage. It's kind of like... It's in his prime era, era, you know, he's in his prime season. Yeah. Uh, Angelina Jolie, which is recently making uh, it back into the, the sphere, like really, really starting to make moves. And it's a great cast and some pretty high named uh, directors, producers. And I was like, okay, well, this will be fun, right? This will be a fun movie. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> after I talk about the film. So you've got Memphis Reigns. Mm. who used to be a car thief, uh, a booter. I think that's what they called it in the movie. It's a really, I don't like the term. He used to steal cars. He was big into stealing cars. And then he left uh, one day and no one, no one really knew why. Uh, Fast forward to present day, not this present day, but present day in the film. (laughs) And his little brother is also stealing vehicles and uh, he doesn't get caught but all the vehicles that he stole gets possessed by the police. Oh, and the I thought you were going to say devil. Angry, <laughs> almost. Uh, the angry uh, foreign man who hired him to do it gets real mad and threatens to kill him. Uh, Memphis uh, Reigns finds out. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, I guess I'm getting back into the game. So the premise of the movie is that this foreign angry man because that was a staple of movies at this time is 
does he have an accent? Is he white? Is he not from America? He's evil. Okay, good. And he hits all the... He also has, like, weird... He has, like, a weird hobby. Well, it's not weird. It's, like, he's really into woodworking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, one of those things where they were in a group writing this, and they were like, oh, what if he, like, really liked woodworking? Wouldn't that be, like, a cool, fun thing that for a bad guy to have? Because that's what bad guys had back in the day, like... Yeah, they a weird a thing that they were into, <laughs> just for whatever fucking reason. Why would they arrive at woodwork, though? I, I, I don't know, man. It's just, oh, I, I might be able to answer this. You see, when Memphis confronts uh, the bad guy, he tells him about the woodworking a little bit, mm. and then he introduces uh, his latest work, which is a coffin. Meant for his brother. So anyways, the whole premise is that this guy is paying like a lot of money to have 50 cars stolen. And it has to, you know, the little brother had a long time to get to it. But now there's only 30 days left and they have uh, not 30 days. There's technically uh, three days left uh, to get 50 cars. So it's sort of like um like a classic trope, like a uh, like an Ocean's Eleven scenario yeah. where you got Memphis and he assembles the crew and then the crew's got like stuff going on and different yeah. like sort of la la la. And then there's the female character that obviously he's <laughs> going to put his penis in, yeah. but she's a part of the crew. Is, is and, there a female in the crew? Yes. Is she fit? Yes. Hang on. Do you not want to ask about her? Is she fit? Yes. Yeah. Do they have a past together? Of course they do. (laughs) It's it's all very typical of the time. What it boils down to is that also, like, the cops are on them, right? This whole time, uh, there's uh, two detectives, and they're they're just on their trail, you know? Very, very atypical. This, again, this is like, um, I don't know, this might have been, like, slightly new, treading new water. I don't think it was at the time when this released. I think it was pretty tried and true. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of it, you know, started in like late 80s and this was like a late 90s type. So we've kind of seen this like a, a bunch of times mm. before. Anyways, they have to skill, steal like 50 cars in a day. That's the whole idea. It's not even 60 seconds, by the way. Where's I the 60 don't know. seconds come from? No idea. It never gets it never gets mentioned. <laughs> it's never like oh, uh, I guess like toward the end of the movie, uh, he like talks as he's about to bring in the last car. There's like a traffic jam, and he's like, "Hey, how much time do I got?" And they're like, "Oh, you've got a minute." Like maybe that had something to do. With it. <laughs> it was just not. It, it had nothing to do with the entire movie. Anyways, they do it. They get all the cars. And of course they run into some issues along the way. And there's some car chasing. And at the end of the film, he's late with the very last car. And the car is a little beat up because he had to, he had to run. The car is like a guy. If you guys know car names, fuck you. Okay. I don't give a (laughs) shit. It's like a Mustang something. I don't give a fuck. He calls it Eleanor. He apparently has a past with a car of this make and model. Okay. Of it, like, it's it being a bad luck charm for him. Mm. But it's the last car, and then, of course, he gets caught, sort of, and there's a car chase, and he makes it all the way, but he's, like, 12 minutes late, and the bad guy's like, well, that's it. You're, you're fucking dead. I don't even care about your brother anymore. I'm gonna kill you instead. I mean, to be <laughs> and, fair to him, there was a deal, and he didn't keep up his end. I mean, he got three days this guy had to mm. get him... 
50 cars and he got him 49 yeah it's on that's it's, that's good enough no no if i give you if we agreed that you had three days to get me 50 cars if we both agreed that was what we're doing and you mm-hmm. got me 49 cars you have not fulfilled your end of the bargain. True, it may seem unreasonable, but right. the time to deal with that is when the deal's being made. Right. I. It's. It is unreasonable <laughs> to even suspect, ex- expect that that can be fulfilled, and mm. to have it fulfilled minus one car is astronomical amount of skill and talent it would take to get it done. And by the way, mm. this bad guy would have been in deep shit. If it had not gotten done. So he's really helping. Like the good guy's really fucking helping him out. Like with yeah. this. And just because you're short one car. Get the fuck out of here. He just saved your ass. Like in a big way. But the deal it's, was 50. Okay, great. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> 49 cars is still like the majority of cars. But it's not. And even 50. the good guys like take it out of what you were going to pay us. Charge me even more. I don't care. Just let me be done with this. Like, being short one car is not that crazy. Not to mention, like, clearly this dude has money. Just buy the fucking car. But that's not the point. The point is, there was a deal. There was an agreement. Do you not care about contract law? Come on, Thomas. You're better I, than this. I love to set expectations mm, Yeah. for both parties. It's the adult thing to do. Of course. But if there isn't reasonable expectations, then it is not a deal. And the whole premise of this movie is that this guy is unrealistic expectations. So I don't understand why they didn't deal with all of this at the point that the deal was being made. That's just it. He's he's foreign, dude. He's crazy. Uh, So anyways, Mm. the the film ends with uh, the cop. The good guy, the bad guy, they're all in the rafters of a warehouse building shooting each other. Yeah. The good guy, Memphis Rain, saves the detective from the bad guy. The bad guy pumps into the uh, coffin that he made. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Funny. Yeah. Uh, and then the detective's like, you know, you you saved my life. Get out of here before it changes my mind. And yeah. that's it. He goes away. He gets away scot-free. No. And uh, that's it. But- that's the film. By this state, we've watched a lot of Cage films. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about this film in a minute, but just to mm-hmm. get, just while this is in the top of my mind, I get bored of this thing, which happens in a lot of Cage, happens in a lot of movies, just generally. But you know, towards the end, there's usually a ten or fifteen minute fight between mm. uh, whoever we're rooting for and whoever all we're parties against. involved. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it'll end with usually the goody will or the person we're rooting for will win. But only just. Mm. Are you sick to death of that scene? Like, surely I understand mm. the idea of throwing extra jeopardy, and it it's like the uh, filmic, like Enigma code, like James Bond films. Mm. You know, the excitement isn't will he win. You know he'll win, but the excitement is how will he win? How? Yeah. Uh, and I know that's the point in these scenes. You're not you're not going to be surprised by the outcome, but hopefully you'll be surprised by the way in which to. Could we just mm. get rid of those scenes, or could we just make them short? Like, all those 10 to 15 minutes, can that be a okay. two-minute fight? Like, a really I, exhilarating two or three minutes. But I think this was created in an era where that stuff was starting to run its course. Yeah. And I think since then, we have evolved that 
good type of ending to a point to where it's much more fascinating. Yeah. And it's much more centered on character growth. Like the character will have some sort of ick or issue or whatever. And they're able to overcome that in that moment in order to do the right thing sort of scenario. Uh, okay. Well, that that's true. Maybe I'm being unfair because I'm watching a lot of films from the nineties and early two thousands at the moment. I don't so. think you're being unfair at all because by far, this is like the very uh, tip of the trope. Mm, it's just, I mean, missile. like it's, to, it's like it's done. It's done and dusted by far. I'll have a and, better uh, idea of what modern films are like with this thing because later on tonight, I will be watching the tenth Fast and Furious movie. Um, because fuck you, listeners. I really enjoy the films. They know what they are. They give you what you yeah. want. Of yep. course they're stupid. Of course the acting's course, not great. Yes. But no one's watching. And when you go like, oh, but this isn't logically consistent. Fuck you! Who's watching Fuck Fast you, no. and Furious for that? No one. Actually, you know what? Mm? The, that kind of thought pattern from audiences is what makes movies suck. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's not logically blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to fucking see logic, dude. I'm here to watch Vin Diesel absolutely fuck a dude with a <laughs> car. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. I'm here to watch Vin Diesel fuck a dude. That's what I want to see. <laughs> and, and he'll be like, um, oh, oh, I don't know. Like, he'll shoot him in the dick. Family. He'll, he'll fuck him, right? He'll fuck his family and shoot his family in the dick and go like, yeah, this is Diesel, baby, and now you're unleaded because your dick's been blown off. Like, it'll be something like that. Uh, he says his own name in this Yeah, film. Yeah, and as he ejaculates inside his adversary, he just goes, CO2, nice, baby. Like, or... I, I, I mean, I don't write... Sexually aggressive scenes starring Vin Diesel, so maybe you I'm don't not say correctly. You don't say that was improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is just some of the magic. This is why I've received some vast sums of money for my improv work in the past. <laughs> but Beautiful. what was Cage? But yeah, like? that's like what was Cage? What was Cage like? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, it was. It, it's not a character far flung from his conair face-off okay well very far from face-off uh not far from uh the rock not mm. far from conair where he's like the uh, the hero man he's playing hero man he's not doing anything too crazy that there's like a scene or two where i don't know he's just trying to get people's attention or whatever so yeah. they could do something to a car and he's acting a little wily you know but it's um it's a uh, tamer cage in an era of people like probably his publicist was like okay you have to stop <laughs> you're you're starting to get booked into really big movies you gotta quit making these choices like i'm trying to get you hired and he's like yeah whatever i'm under crippling dead i guess we'll do it yeah or, or probably at this time i need to buy a dinosaur bones so yeah, yeah go ahead. this would be pre-debt wouldn't it or at least pre-repercussions of debt <laughs> Like yeah, I'm, like somewhere in the somewhere in that era, yeah. And I, I said the way based on news stories. So all of this could be entirely just incorrect. In which case, I apologize, Cage. Mm. But I love his attitude to money. 
I love his attitude mm. of like easy come, easy go. Look, yeah, yeah, it's like a really irresponsible and reckless version of make hay in the sunshine. Like enjoy it while yeah. you've got it, but enjoy it. You can tell quickly. like he he obviously like regrets the amount of debt. Yeah, and maybe if he could do it again, he wouldn't go so far into it. But he's still like, hey, it's. I know it doesn't bring me joy, so why am I holding on to it? You know, like yeah, uh, fuck it. And I, I see why that's offensive, but I approve. It's yeah. also because oh, you bet your bottom dollar. If I was a millionaire, I would not be a millionaire for very long, but I would have some really neat shit in my house. It would be like, wow, you got a three D statue of yourself in marble, <laughs> like. Riding a velociraptor, yelling yee So yeah, right, I did. One second, I need to. I mean, I need to make a note of that. So, birthday idea. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you gotta. I might have to take out a loan or two. But we'll yeah. get it done. <laughs> Okay, right, so Gone in 60 Seconds is a fun romp, not without its issues, but it seems yeah, like... Yeah, it's fun. it's fun. I don't know if I really uh, uh, talked about it or got into it, but overall the film is as what you would expect of this kind of film yeah. to be, uh, plus I, I guess the bend is the cars, mm. um, and the chases and stuff, it's good chases, okay. it's uh, great character dynamics between characters okay not the characters themselves they're pretty flat um but overall the character dynamics are very interesting and they're fun and there's a lot of goofy lines in it that uh there's a point in time where a police officer is chasing memphis Mm. in a like a the weighted crane uh wrecking ball (laughs) that's what it's called uh hits the car through a wall and then the one of the detective characters get out and is like, are you okay? Because you just got hit through a wall. <laughs> I'm like, it's dumb and obvious, but I laughed so hard. There's nothing wrong with dumb and obvious. Because would I be yeah, right? Yeah, it's great. Because this is clearly the problem. The problem with Grand Isle is it sets something up and it doesn't deliver. It's mm. boring. And it has mm. no right to be boring because all the elements are there. For a phenomenal film. Phenomenal might be a bit much. But, you know, everything's there for a really fun, enjoyable movie. And it yeah. just doesn't deliver. And it sounds to me like Gone in 60 Seconds has moments which are great. But mm-hmm. it's just a little boring. It's a little predicted. You know, it's like you've seen this film before. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, who- uh, but I do. I did enjoy it because... I, I because of how much I love Con Air, like I mm. I love this kind of Nicolas Cage because people talk about how oh he hits when he starts shouting and making weird faces isn't that great yeah and it's like yeah no that's fantastic but like what about this Cage like I like this flavor of in the Neapolitan of Nicolas Cage yeah this is like your vanilla and I really love vanilla ice cream and I really love like this little bit more straightforward play Nicolas Cage well everyone just associates the term vanilla with bad but vanilla Mm -hmm. is just that is something everyone enjoys yeah I've had an argument with your wife about this uh, they put vanilla extract in stuff to make it taste better because it tastes good yeah 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 (laughs) 
you're right. I mean, what what specific food stuff was uh, were you arguing about? Ice cream. She was like, literally, like, what kind of ice cream? I'm like, I love vanilla ice cream. I think it's the best. Delicious. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've you know I've tried many ice creams and I like vanilla. That's all there is to. Yeah. People assume that if everyone likes it, it's bad. But no, like every no. everyone likes uh, three Madonna songs, regardless of what you think of her as a person or as an artist. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes those three, like uh, like a virgin, Material Girl, and the other yeah. one. Like everyone likes those songs because they're vanilla, because they're perfect for all people. Regard oh, Erotica is the third one. Because they're perfect, yeah. regardless of what music you're into, regardless of what mood you're in, you like those. Everyone loves Bohemian Rhapsody. Maybe some mm-hmm. people think it's overrated or overplayed or something, but everyone goes, every once in a while, yeah, that's enjoyable. Vanilla means everyone can accept it and everyone can enjoy it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> do, you know, do you know who else is vanilla? Nicolas Cage in general. Everyone quite likes him. Everyone's got their favorite yeah. flavor of Cage. Yep. And he gives you a surprising palette. Like, yes, he does the same acting in loads of films, but he's got hundreds of films. He can afford yeah. to do the same in 50 God, films and still be really versatile. I've seen at least two announcements of two more new Nicolas Cage's films. So Fucking hell, can he slow down? We've more. got shit to I, do. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> uh, this is... Uh, this is this is a marathon. <laughs> so who wins? Who the fuck wins? Who wins? Like who wins this? Cause uh I gotta tell you, if it's a race, it's gone in sixty seconds. If it's a marathon, does Grand Line even cross the finish line? I don't think it does. I think Grand Isle could be a great film, but it's not. I think okay, Cage yeah, does a- it doesn't sound no. it sounds like it really falls short. Like you if you get round to watching it at some point. You won't dislike it, but you'll mm. probably want to watch something else immediately afterwards. Mm. Like, if you had... if oh, Right, I don't know um, what sort of evenings you and your wife plan in terms of, like, movie nights together occasionally. But if you're like, hey, tonight is a movie night. We're going to get this takeaway or we're going to cook this meal. We're going to sit down in front of the telly and we're fucking watching this film on purpose. If you did that and you watched Grand Isle... You would feel cheated by the end of the night. You would feel like, have yeah. we wasted our movie night? Because it was okay, but it was okay. And there's yeah. so it much- wasn't like the worth the build up for Exactly, exactly. So I think that so I'm leaning towards Gone in Sixty Seconds just because it seem it sounds more fun. And Grand Isle it, isn't yeah. fun. I would say under those circumstances that you brought up, I would say you should definitely watch Con in sixty seconds. Mm. Yeah, you should. Uh, it's it's it is a lot of fun, a lot of cool characters, some fun lines, and like you'll you'll know the ending before it happens. But it's really like the journey is is worth it. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to be surprised by a movie. You don't. No, it, it doesn't. Don't always have, have to, to be. be like that. In which case, maybe slightly reluctantly, but. Congratulations, Gone in 60 Seconds. You've survived this cull. But will you survive the next one? I suspect not. Depends who you're against. But but yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds is the winner, I think, then, yeah? Absolutely. In which case, congratulations, Gone in 60 Seconds. And we shall leave... Ooh, ooh. Congrats. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, you were going, <laughs> and I thought you were going to go, <laughs> one I was more thing. To do were you going to Columbo mood? me? <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I would never in which case every, everyone listening thank you for listening uh, Gone in 60 Seconds is best than Grand Isle that is now a fact I'm afraid to say so all you other mm. Nicolas Cage podcasts that disagree with that in your motherfucking face you can go fuck yourself you can fuck yourself because you're not as good as us and I know we're inconsistent with release schedule but sometimes the songs don't scan fuck you hey yeah fuckos do something like like it. Comment. I know. I know we've done very little. Like we released a few, then we fucked off for a few months, and now we're back. But can you like tell people? Tell even like can you tell all the other podcasts that we're back? Can you? I would love it if the comments on every other Nicolas Cage podcast is oh Cage fights back, and they'll just read it and go. Well, I don't really. Uh, what's what's going on with this? I don't think you should. I don't like you promoting a podcast on my comments on my podcast. I think I just delete this one. I think that'd be wonderful. I, I think if you do yeah. it enough, they'll have to acknowledge it. Yep. And I say this is like field of dreams. If but field of annoying podcast dreams. <laughs> if you irritate them enough, they'll have to acknowledge it. I think that's 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 all right isn't it <laughs> i i think that's okay it might not be federally speaking uh, federal schmedral now thomas have you anything to promote for the good people hell no oh shit i love uh tacos tacos are great but where where do you love tacos i mean in your in, in your mouth and belly but like where, yes. where where gives the best tacos for your for your money in your opinion taco truck number two. Oh shit yeah i um <laughs> i i had some from there the other day it's good it's amazing it's amazing they are officially our unofficial sponsor right now and please check out all of lunchbox's uh links yes uh, attached to the show notes uh, yeah uh give him give him a stare on your screen of death yeah, because it's some good shit. Greg, do you have anything going on? Um, I don't know when anything's coming out. I've started work on the second season of Bible, of Better Bible, but it's hard work because the, mm. the note, like, I made notes on the first gospel, and the notes are longer than most scripts. So... <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so I'm going to have to work a lot to get that to make any sort of sense and be a reasonable length. It looks like these episodes are going to yeah. be 40 to 60 minutes long instead of 20. But anyway, yeah. I mean, if that's what it takes. You know. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes, buddy. We shall bid you a fond farewell then, Cage fans. And we will speak to you on the flip side. Flippity dippity. What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole!